Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Greetings, Immigrant Nation. Just like that lady who sells fish on the streets from back home, we are back once again offering a new and fresh episode of An Immigrant's Life podcast. As always, every week, I will never get tired of expressing my gratitude to you all. Your support is much appreciated. As a general reminder, if you have not officially joined the Immigrant Nation yet, I kindly request you to please click the subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. Additionally, You can also become a part of our community by visiting and following our social media platforms. Our username is at an immigrant's life. And furthermore, if you or someone you know is interested in appearing as a guest on our podcast, feel free to contact us through our social media channels, as I mentioned earlier, or you can send us an email at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. Let's connect and let's tell your beautiful story. House cleaning is done. Now, let's talk about the episode. This week's episode presents the captivating story of an immigrant son whose parents endured the atrocities inflicted by the Khmer Rouge regime. However, despite coming from such a dark past, his unwavering adoration for his culture continues to shine brightly. Through his exceptional artistry, he not only honors his heritage, but he also proudly showcased the richness and beauty of his roots. And as always, I talk too much, but let's get to the point, shall we? Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a multidisciplinary artist who pumps iron in the morning and then pumps out creative content throughout the day. Everyone, please welcome Johnny F. Kim. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Hells yeah, man. Finally did this. Yes, finally. It's been a it's been a while. We've been trying to coordinate. I've been busy. I've been, you know, in between changing jobs and doing hmm. stuff too. So, but it's good. It's good. It's, we it's finally all got good, it. man. You know, good things. What, how, how do they say? Like good things come. I don't know. I'm, I'm, good, things I'm, take, <laughs> good thing takes time or yeah, <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. I was going to pretend I'm smart, but then I forgot <laughs> I'm dumb. It's okay. I'm dumb too. So I know what you mean. I guess we were on the same page for that. So that works. So exactly, man. Cool. By the way, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. My honor. Yeah. I'm honored. And if you want, uh, why don't you tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you if you not want to promote anything? Yeah. My, my name is Johnny F. Kim. I'm like you said, the multidisciplinary artist from Montreal, Canada. Uh, I do a lot of things. I do graphic work. I do. I have a podcast called Weird Feelings that I co-host with my friend Tim. Mm-hmm. It's about two guys just being vulnerable and talking about mental health, talking about funny situations. It's just it's like more comedic. So I have that. I do that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I also help my friends at Lopez, which is a store. I do some marketing with them. And mm-hmm. and you know, I'm always stay busy. And then yeah, my handles is at shot by JFK on Instagram. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm so creative the the handle, you know. 
Yeah, it's a play on my initials. And it's also, I've been obsessed because my initials are like JFK. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and when I was doing like photo and video, I was like, oh, it'd be funny if it's like shot by JFK. It has like two meanings. It's like, it's like if, you know, JFK got assassinated, he got yeah. shot. But then I'm the one shooting. So, now, so that I was love the, it, the whole meaning. So It's so uh-huh. clever. Did it take you time to think about it or it just came to you? I think it, it was... It came up to me pretty quickly and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just ride with it. And it, it sounded cool. And, you know, a lot of people do use like shot by et cetera. But mm. I felt like uh, I was one of the first ones. <laughs> That's it. I, I love it. Yeah. Speaking of your name, which we talk about offline, the yeah. F. Farovich. Yes. What's up with this name? I'm Jewish. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you know, jo- Johnny. So my name is Johnny Farovich Kim. So, you know, I'm, I'm Cambodian. So mm. when my dad, you know, came, you know, to Canada, he wanted to give us like names that kind of fit within society or, or that, or were not like too uh, weird, I guess, for the Western. And he was like, oh, I read this name in a book and it kind of like was like a Jewish descent or something. And it's like sounded rich. So it just put Farovich, like my brother, his name is William Jr. Kim. But there's no William Senior, <laughs> so, so it was all. all it, it just came, I guess, for just more like to fit in, you know. Sometimes mm. you know, because you know they're refugees from Cambodia, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want my kids to kind of just want to fit in with the, the society and the here." But it came, it came with a. It sounds cool now, Johnny. It's like everyone's asking, me, "Like, what is your middle name?" Like, Ferovich, and they're like, "Oh, you're, uh, are you Jewish?" I'm like, "No, but I could be if you want." <laughs> I've been told at the border they've they've stopped me. They're like, "Who's who's Johnny Ferovich?" And they're like, "You're you're Ferovich." He's like, "Are you Jewish?" I'm like, "No, I'm Asian." He's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and then they just they just they laughed it off and let me go through. So, did your dad tell you which book it was? He got the name from? No, he just said like he read it somewhere and it just kind of stuck and then he gave us that name. So, mm. did you grow up wanting an Asian name, or were you always been grateful that your name is Johnny, so you don't have to explain that? By the way, my real name is Johnny. Uh, yeah, a part of me, yes, and a part of me, I like I like my name. You know, it's like that's the name they gave me. But sometimes mm-hmm. I do wish I have like you know like a classic Cambodian name. <laughs> exactly. But no, a part of me is just more like you know that's that's the name I've been given, and you know I'm you know I'm born in Canada, and I, you know it's also part. But you know I have my Kim, but then people think I'm Korean. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a weird like uh, mix. Yeah, exactly. But you know how people are like mostly. Um, immigrants when they move they change their name they don't really yeah. change their name but they get a like a western name yeah you know do you ever get that growing up that what's your real real name oh no not really i think my parents just gave me that that name i know that no like people oh like people mean, oh yeah. what's your real it's like is it jonathan i'm like no it's just johnny like no, you, johnny do, do they say like do, what's your asian name or cambodian oh, name oh no that never has happened actually I feel like it happens with a lot of Chinese people because they always have like, uh, hmm. like my name is Edward. It's like, you're not Edward. You don't look like Edward <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah. It, 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 it never, never really happened, to be honest. No, I never had that. It was always Johnny and uh, hmm. never that asked me That happened to me once. They're like, what's your name? I'm like, Aaron. No, what's your real name? Like, Aaron? No, no. Like, what's your Chinese or Asian name? Like, yeah. Aaron, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do get like, like I'm like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Montreal. No, but you're, you know, I'm like, I'm from Montreal, Canada. It's like, no, oh, it's like your background. I'm like, I'm Cambodian, but I'm from here kind of thing. Yeah. I get that. 
that I get more. more. Do you get offended? I don't get offended easily. Actually, I've been. It's, I just. I just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not really. It's like uh, I feel like uh, I have a tough skin growing mm. up too. It's more like racism was always part of where I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> me everybody. too. I I don't get offended with like questions like that too. You know, like of course some people doesn't know. Yeah, people don't know, and like a lot of time it is like like white folks or Canadian folks, Quebec folks that are they kind of assume. Because I grew up in an environment where it's like everybody was actually an immigrant or come from immigrant parents. Mm -hmm. And it felt like racism was like a thing of like bonding. It's like, you know, black guys, Asians, Filipinos, Indian guys, uh, Latinos, we all mesh. But we all like kind of like uh, it was almost like a endearment type of thing. Mm. It's like and it was like, you know, that's that's just how it is. It's like, you know, I was the Chinois. <laughs> you know, or or, and I'm like, I'm not even Chinese. It was like that was just the thing. But so, since you have the eyes, you're the Chinese. Yeah, so you're the Chinese. Yeah, that's like the the default for us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion about that? Do you think that was a toxic, a toxic thing that should have been should be eradicated, or do you think that's a good thing? It makes you like have a connection with each other. Uh, you mean like by like growing up in that environment? Yeah, like being racist towards each other, but in a kind way. Yeah, I think it's I don't know. It's 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 hard to say because I I feel like if you're not from the environment, it's easy to be like, well, that's not right. That's that, that shouldn't happen, mm. and you know, it's like. But if you're in it and everybody's just kind of like playfully doing it, I, like in my head, it was fine. But also, a, a side of me says like it is not fine to 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 an extent <laughs> where it's like it's like you know where. We're humans, and that's all it is. Like we're the, the th but what was good about it is that we all knew that everybody that was in the area in the neighborhood, everybody was kids from immigrants, and that's that was the bond from mm. you know growing up in that area. But I guess the racism part was just more like the weird. Okay, the funny part is that neighborhood was mainly immigrants, and the guy that got the most racist bully was the white guy. <laughs> So he was. I felt bad because after when I thought about it, growing up, I was like, "Damn, we're nice to that white kid. He was all alone." And and mm -hmm. it's like it was like reverse racism kind of thing, <laughs> you know. It was like, but I don't know. We kind of I don't know. It was it was fine in my yeah. In my, your you mentioned that your dad is from Cambodia. Your mom she's from Cambodia too. Yeah. So both of them they're they're Cambodians. Well, my dad was born in Thailand. Uh, but my mom is from Cambodia and we do have like, I found out we have, I have Vietnamese blood. Like I think most of Southeast Asians, I'm like a third apparently Vietnamese too. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where the Kim comes from. And my mom's like side is a bit more Chinese Vietnamese too, because she's more light skinned. But yeah, oh, my, both okay. my parents from Cambodia. Yeah. Oh, she got it good then because she's light skinned. <laughs> yeah. We actually were if, in Cambodia, like my, my, like, uh, on my mom's side, they were, really kind of wealthy before the war you know mm. they they were working uh on like in the the minister of uh of fishing and stuff like that mm -hmm. so they were kind of like well off and on my dad's side it was a bit more military i guess from like from what i know that he he's told me but uh yeah does he like talking about the stories yeah he does little bits but not really it's kind of you have to like pull bits and pieces yeah. once in a while you know maybe a a few shots of drinks, you know, a, <laughs> a, little, a little bit more loose than you ask questions, but uh, it's kind of hard. Like I talk to my mom a bit, but it's always like, I feel like uh, those subjects about the past is always like a harder, 
subject to bring up because I, I feel there's a lot of trauma and, mm. and stuff like that. You know, they they're, they're more thinking of the present. You know, we went through it. It was a good time that we've had, but then the war happened and then kind of erased all of that, you know? Yeah. I think the, the idea is like, let's move on. Yeah. It's more like, let's move on. And yeah. they do talk about it, I guess, amongst them, the older generation mm. when they're, they're here. Like, I feel like that's about like, oh, you know, back in the time we used to do this and that. And then, you know, it's always comes back to like uh, the what happened, like the war is always like a also a starting point for some conversations. If they didn't, if they don't remember each other or they don't know each other, mm. they're like, oh, were you at this refugee camp? Or were you at this other refugee camp? That sounds horrible. It is. But I, I feel like if, when I talk to my other Cambodian friends, I feel like that's like a, a lot of them is like a, a conversation starter too, mm. or like remember the times where you know, we're picking stuff in the field and stuff like that. Because I was like, it's like a, it's like a weird bad memory, but it's also like a a good memory, which is like in a bad situation, I guess. Yeah, I understand. I I, I heard one podcast. Uh, I think it was Fresh Air. There was this art, uh, writer that he did some research about the London bombing. That they they find that people were more um, they're more connected because they were going through the same horrible thing. Yeah, but then they start have they start living better. They start becoming more against each other. As they get better, as they get better, yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot the book. I'm, I'm terrible with books. I love reading. Yeah. But they asked me about the book that I read last time. I'm like, you know, the guy. He's white dude. He did the thing. <laughs> That's I me. Mean, is that Rick Rubin? Are you talking about Rick Rubin? Yeah, something like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You mentioned about trauma. Have how have your parents' generational trauma affected you? I think it carries on with uh, it's it's more of a the hustle side of things. Of like they came from uh, they came with nothing, right? They lost everything, and mm-hmm. then they got here, and it was more like I'm in a new continent, a new city, a new society, new language. Mm-hmm. I gotta figure out how to survive and. Like it feels like they skipped their twenties kind of thing, you know. It's like mm. they they just they, they went from like oh life was good, life stopped, we were stuck at war, and then we try to come back, and then now I have to have three kids I have to raise, and then now I have to just work. There's like a little part where it's like the fun, the fun isn't is not present, and us like me and my brother seeing that, I think it gave us a drive of like you know we should be good if we're working all the time or if we're like. Uh, Mm. always hustling or finding a way to you know if you're working that means that you're doing good you know yeah there's always there's not like uh i spoke to that with some friends where it's like it's hard it's it's hard to kind of say in words because i feel like like i my way of working my work ethic uh comes from that trauma i guess because it's like hey we're here uh we need to feed the kids we need to have rent money and we need to make it work kind of thing we can't we don't want to go back to that. You know, we don't, we well, actually, we can't go back to that. There's nothing left and we have to make it work where we are at. And then I, I always have that little, it's not like a, like a push, but it's a, more of like a back thought. It's always like, yes, my parents came here because they wanted to, to give us a better life, but I have to honor that too, which, which has like a, a good and bad type of, uh, I'd say like a good and bad, but how would say like like a good and bad, yeah? Because you know, because it's good because you're you're hustling and you're working, you're making sure that you're providing 
but it's also bad because you're always working and you know you don't know how to stop and at some point you just have to realize like how to take time for yourself and enjoy the moment more than anything but i feel like that side of like the survival part kind of like is imprinted in you know our dna or the way we work it's like i'm tired but i gotta keep pushing you know yeah or else you'll feel like you're nothing or you're letting them down or whatever they sacrifice you're you know poo-pooing on them yeah it's like never enough you know it always feels like it's never enough it's never enough but at some point you know it's like it's enough you gotta you gotta (laughs) you gotta you gotta gotta do you know you gotta do do some uh, good times too so yeah growing up did they emphasize on the pressure of succeeding yeah they they were like you know you have to do good in school uh you should become you know like every asian parents like uh doctor lawyer oh, yeah. or engineer engineer, <laughs> engineer is like because my dad was an engineer and you know okay he came back and he went to school and he went to school and worked at the same time which in my head i'm like how the hell do you do that like i like like it's either we're like we're weak as as a generation or they were just like insane like as people oh we're weak yeah we're weak <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what i thought too because they were like dude he went to school and worked and he made sure that we were you know we were good Mm. Yeah, I read that you got your creativity from your dad. Yeah, I think my dad was very, uh, very curious. I think in things like he was always like, uh, if you don't know how to fix something, just open it up or mm. figure it out in a way. He was also like, I think at some point he was writing like poetry and stuff like that. He was drawing. He hated photography mm. too, and yeah, I think a lot of from my dad. I think my on my mom's side. I know that I know there's like uh, from talking with her and then little little pieces. I know like she wanted music in her life because she's like recently she was like, oh, I want to learn how to play piano and stuff with that. And I feel like there's like things in the past that she wanted to achieve maybe musically that she couldn't, but she doesn't really express it. But that's Mm. my my interpretation of like maybe on my mom's side, it was it was that. So Mm. are they retired now? Uh. My mom is, my dad is almost, because well, like no. every immigrant parent, I don't know why they come here and they lie about their age and they screw themselves <laughs> over. I don't know. So he he's about to, but he's gonna he's gonna retire soon. So, I but think he's that's like, fear. Know, I think they just want to look young too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it's maybe cool. fear of like uh, age, but uh, I don't know. I, I, mean, I was like, why did you do that? Like you could have been <laughs> retired by now. So that's yeah, my, I, I see that though. Yeah, but. But you know, immigrant parents, they don't really retire. They're liars. Yeah, they're always doing something. Because like you they're said earlier, doing. that if, if they're not working, they feel like they're worthless. Yeah. But I find, uh, I find they, 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 I think they're understanding more of time to be like, you know, precious and also just to live it day by day more than anything. Hmm. There's less, less of a fear of like, you know, I think they're good and they're like, we have everything we need. We can... We have food. We have a house. That's enough, you know. There's, there's no, no more, bombs. There's flying. no bombs, you know. There's nothing. It's it's good. Like like this is good enough, you know. And then you should be doing the same too. They they say that like you know at least you're working. And some mm. people don't. So, but yeah. But yeah. So you, being a son now, you're a father. Yeah. How's the weekends with Amy? Weekends are good. Uh, I try to do the things. So, so you know, I, uh, my parents like growing up, there was not a lot 
a lot of Asian culture, I guess, in my generation, you're, well, I guess we're in the same generation. Like they didn't really show uh, affection <laughs> a lot or and stuff like that. So yeah. I do the reverse, very affectionate. Uh, I show mm-hmm. her everything. I explain her everything. I let her discover stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my kid is very open and she understands stuff. And, you know, I'm lucky to have like a, a daughter that's very open-minded and curious too. So I can show her like the cool stuff that I like as a mm-hmm. grown-up and that I'll, and I like also the cool stuff that she likes as a nine-year-old. So, mm-hmm. so it works like, like I, at heart, I'm a kid. So it, it's a good balance with me and my daughter and then just, you know, patience. I think the, the key to it is patience and also, uh, acceptance of their they're naive you know they're young and the, they're curious so you always have to like take time with them and explaining things you know it's not going to be like instantly you know like, like growing up people like my parents like you, you should know this you should know this I'm like dude I'm like I'm like ah it's like trauma 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 <laughs> what are you're you like, trying to nine do? time is nine my time is nine you're eight you should know by now yeah, yeah exactly and sometimes I say I do like like sometimes I'm like oh you should know this but then I'm like oh look it's this is just a kid and uh, you know, if they'll learn, they'll learn mm. at their own thing. Like, at least just, just don't be dumb. And, and, <laughs> and th- you know, like my parents were saying at some point, you know, they when we go back to like the pressure of like, oh, succeeding and being a doctor, engineer. At, at one point, something happened. They were like, look, Johnny is not good at school. <laughs> and he's working. He started work. Like I started working, like I think in sec four, sec five, like I, wor- I worked. It's like he's working. That's that's enough. Like he can work, uh, he's passing barely, but it's good. He's passing, and then, you know, it it, it turned out pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, not bad, you know. Yeah, but I Do think they play? gave up. They mm. gave up on, on the engineer and doctor. They were just, you know, <laughs> like you know what, Johnny is working. That's good enough for us. Johnny is done with school, but he's smart yeah. with other things though. So let's yeah. focus on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I get it, man. I I was the same thing, man. Like I was good in school if I focus. Yeah. That's a problem. Focus. Yeah, me was more of a. If you tell me something to do, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather do it on my own and learn on my own. I've always been more of a self-taught DIY. A mm-hmm. bit. I'm like, I'll just figure it out. Even like in Sage Up, I was like, Yo, you're the teacher. Is like, you're showing us like really bad softwares. I'm going to find better softwares than your curriculum and mm-hmm. just do better. And then he's like, Okay, <laughs> you know. And and they told me like, Yeah, you do better when you do your own thing at your own. On your own time, and then you know it was always very like self motivated and DIY mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Yeah, that's a good thing. But sometimes it takes you more. The learning curve is longer than to just following the line. You know what I'm saying? But it's also freeing too. Yeah, it's very. I find it's. I feel like a school is great. Like like it gives you like a structure. It gives you a, like a guide to do it. Yeah. But I feel like I'm more of a like yo. I'll figure it out on the way. Like like. Like I'll make mistakes as I go, but at some point I'll figure it out. It'll take me a bit longer, mm-hmm. but then I'll, you know, people that go to school. This is for me. Like I'm not talking for everybody. Mm-hmm. And my, my my thought is more like like you know, while people are studying, I'm getting the the, the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say I'm working in something, and then maybe you'll be in school for three years, but then you're gonna come to a new job that you just started fresh out of school. Yeah, you learn all the 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 things in the books by the teacher, but I have like real life experience, experience that I can apply because everything that you learn in books, I think it's not applicable in a real life situation sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's my take on, on school, but go to school. 
Yeah. <laughs> go to school. Go do to your school, best. Do your best. Yeah. You know, just take in your case. time. Take your time. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't rush. If you if you finish high school, uh, you don't know what to do. It's okay that you don't know. Just take maybe a break, a year off or something. Go work, and then you'll figure it out. Don't jump into like political science or philosophy. Uh, like I see a lot of people, they make that mistake. They just jump into something because I feel that's what their parents want. It's like I need to be doing these steps of life but you know mm-hmm. life is is whatever like just do you kind of thing exactly man yeah for sure that's why i tell my kids I say, yo if the course is four years you don't have to finish in four years you can yeah. finish in six or seven if you want yeah don't put too much pressure on yourself just to and then get low grades or like you you miss a lot of things like life is life dude like it you, there's no repeat yeah exactly so that's good mm-hmm. I, I have a my eldest he's going to say soon and i'm like yo don't worry about it dude like do your thing he's good in, thank god he's good in school thank god he's smart like mom god, okay that's, that's good <laughs> yeah sometimes, sometimes they just are smart and that's what they want to do so you yeah. can't deny that so and he's one of those kids that he knew what he wanted since he was young yeah you know how those people like i don't know i don't think you had that because you're an artist most of people they don't really know what they want till they're like, oh, this is what I want. But yeah, there's some yeah. people that are like, oh, I knew I was a, I was gonna be a drummer since I was four. I'm like, what? How? Yeah, some people just have it also built in them uh, family wise. It's like this is the family uh, uh, business, or and they're like, oh, everyone's a doctor, so everybody in the family's a doctor, kind of thing. Yeah, it was more. Uh, I don't know if you ever done like a. Uh, you know, like uh, it's like a class that 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 tells you like your not your future, but like uh, your likes, the, the the things that you you think that you'll be doing in the future. Like they make you do a test. It's like mm. a career orientation. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that. So so when I did mine, it it gave, gave me three things. I think mm. it gave me a plumber. <laughs> I was gonna say plumber. Yeah, I had plumber. There was another thing that was like a weird job, but I also I had clown, and I, and I remember I was like, why why is this like a career? Like what is like like as a a teenager, I didn't feel good. I was like, everyone's getting like these pretty like normal jobs. I was getting like plum, but plumber is pretty good now. Like hey, they make well. good money, man. But when I saw clown, I was like, what the hell? Am I am I like just joking around too much in class? Am I just an, an idiot? Like what? Maybe because I'm funny. I don't mm. know. But it was as a, as as a younger me, I was like, "Yo, this is this is whack." <laughs> what First am of I all, doing? why is there a clown there anyway? Why is there an option? It could have been a, like a stand-up comedian or a comedian. I think it's, it's just this, 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 whoever made those softwares d- did not know what they were doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's funny, funny thing looking back because I do joke around a lot, so it's fun. Yeah, I know, but like I, I hate those things. I like I could test. I hate that shit too. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, but yeah, it's just for, for, as a teenager, I felt like it was like, it was like not out of place. It was more like demotivated. Oh my God. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a clown. Yeah. I'm going to be a clown. I'm done. Exactly, man. Let's go back to being a dad. Did you always yeah. want to be a dad? Yeah. I always wanted to, to be a dad. Uh, it was always something I felt like uh, that I was going to be good at or, well, not like good. I think it's just something I always wanted another person that I wanted to like show stuff that I was into, mm. you know, the same way, like how my dad just showed me all his random obsessions on stuff. I wanted to do that too. And just like, Hey, like look at art, look at drawings, look at the video photo, 
and just doing that with somebody and that they're there to to learn and be a sponge you know just like sharing my passions with with a, a smaller version of me that's going to do it so hmm. is that your favorite part of fatherhood yeah i think it's also being you know, having uh, just a someone that just loves you unconditionally and that's, that's there and that's just just i don't know it's just conversations with like a nine-year-old is always fun too Mm. Or, or seeing them grow, grow but now like where they're at an age where they understand stuff they understand jokes they can talk and then they kind of have a their own personality it's and I, I like that you know just having somebody there just you know just to pick their brain on like what what do you think of that at your age you know what's your thoughts on this mm. what's your you know just just try to explain them things that they maybe don't understand or have them explain it to you and be like oh that's that's how a younger person sees things, you know, mm. versus like an adult, you know. Yeah, because adult has some biases, you know. Kids, they don't have bias, really. Yeah, they just go off the top of their head. And it's like, oh, it's like I want this and that's it, or I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Do you have any Cambodian values that you're trying to make sure that she embraces? Work hard and hustle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from from the trauma thing, that's what she, that's the trouble. I'm gonna pass it on her. Yeah, no, but I think uh, not. I think more of the things like not everything is given to you. That's that's something that I I kind of try mm. to show. It's like you have to work for things and not just accept that things are gonna fall in your lap because nothing life doesn't happen like that. Maybe to some people it does, but I mean it's more like I keep telling <laughs> I tell her this joke. It's kind of mean. I don't know what people are gonna think. It's not mean. It's funny. I, at one point I made a joke with her. I was like, you know. Uh, you're nine now, right? So all the things that I've been spending money on you for since all the way till now, all, but once you hit 18, you owe me all that money. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what? I was like, I owe you like a million dollars or something. Like, yeah, that, that's how it works. That's how, you, you know, like you, the day you were born, you're working already. <laughs> yeah. But, but then I, like I just, it. but I just told it was a joke. She was like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, like you're I'll Asian. Take... That's how it works. You, I yeah. take care of you. When I'm old, you take care of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but she's like, uh, my, my daughter. So my ex is is uh, Hispanic. She's Latina. So my daughter's half Latina, half Cambodian. So, mm. but she's she identified more as Asian, which is I find it's funny. <laughs> she you sees think herself more that. Maybe she's too. It's closer to you. No, she's close with both. She's, I guess she's just more like. Culturally, she likes more of the Asian stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she does. I'd say at one point, she will explore that side of things. Oh, yeah. I think I think when they grow up, they kind of like cater to one and to another. But I think at the end of the day, they, they embrace both races too. So. Mm. so now she spends a lot of time with you and she enjoys what she enjoys what you do. You enjoy what she does. Yeah. Right. But someday she's going to grow up and she's going to fly away out of the nest are you ready for that i think i am uh, well not well once she gets older yeah uh, i'll be sad she'll have to do but you know at some point i'll be older too i'll be like you know you've been around for a mm. while just call me when we don't go have dinner or hang out kind of thing but i think uh my relationship i want to maintain it to be like close and always do stuff with with my kid it's not like just like hey I, i'm grown up i better do my thing i'd be like yo you gotta you gotta call me or or uh I'm not giving you money or something, <laughs> you know, but I think, yeah, I think at some point they have to do that. Like, the, like us, you know, we grew up and then we do our, th- we still, but I think, if, I think the values of like being a family and close, like even when my parents like were, 
we're close. I always see them every weekend, you know, same thing with other mom's side. And so it's like, I think that's a value that's carried over by both families too, like from her mom and my side, where it's like family is kind of important. Yeah, I understand. And I agree. I want to ask you something. You take pictures and videos of her and post it online. What do you think of about parents being reluctant to post their children's images online? Because they feel like it's against their will, and you know, yeah. fucking perverts are all over the world. Uh, there's, I find it's yeah, I, I get the perverts. I, I do think of that. Like, oh man, there's probably some random weirdos, but but that's anxiety. That's the fear of the unknown, right? It's just more mm. of like you don't. If I don't, if I'm not aware of it, it's fine. I find mm. like to a parent that it's to each his own. Like I think I do understand some of them. They don't want to share too many, you know, videos of their daughter or I'm just proud of my daughter. Like this is my kid. Mm-hmm. And she has she has a personality. Like I do a thing with her where I try to ask her questions and I film her a bit. I love that. I, yeah. So I, my goal is to try to I was doing it every like year or two years or so. Mm-hmm. And and then now I'm gonna try to probably do once a year and then do a compilation as she gets older just to see how she grows and how she answers these questions as she gets older and older. And I think it's like she's also aware of like the YouTube culture and she likes that and she kind of wants to do content but I'm not I'm not the type of person who's like I'm gonna like because I did one video of her uh like an unboxing video like a random video she was like oh I want to do a video of this but then I'm like I'm like if you want to do it you have to do it on your I'm not because at the end I was like it's me editing it at the end mm-hmm. I'm the one shooting and make it look good <laughs> but then I'm like yo why am I working I'm like if you really want to do it you should learn how to do it I'm not going to do it for you. I don't want to be like a parent that's going to monetize their kid. Yeah. You know? I just want them, if they, if she really wants to explore that side and do it on her own time, that's good. That she's making that, that uh, thought process of being creative, of learning it and, and doing it versus having somebody that like, oh, I could do everything for her. I could make her look good. Because at the end of the day, I'll get obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I'm just going to be like, all right, let's do it like this. But it's not going to be her, her, her style. It's going to be like my style. So... Mm. So that on that end, I'm, I just let her. If she wants to do that, do it yourself. I'm yeah. not gonna help. Because <laughs> you know? at the end of the day, I, if I'm making the, like the content where I, I interview her, that at the end of the day, that's for me. It's not. It's like it's for for her to see in the future, but it's just for me to have memories, and then that's fine. But when it's like her stuff, I'm like you do that on your own, and you know, and you know, I don't want to have her like grow up too much. Uh on camera too like like if she wants to do it just do it but i feel like yeah it is like a, a slightly a pro not a problem but more of like a something that, that i'm fully aware of like like i don't want them to be too much about you know youtube or tiktok and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i noticed based on what you're saying that like you're more of like laissez-faire kind of dad like you want to do that you do that be the yeah. best you want to be but have you ever thought like i need to push her to be good at something. Yeah, I, I do push her for arts, I guess, when she draw, she likes to draw a lot. So that's mm. something that I, you know, I try to to have her, you know, do more or just spend more time doing. Mm. But I still think more of a, a an approach of, of like you said, like like I I I rather have them learn and then find their own way versus me imposing. Oh, this is like, you know, you should be an engineer. Then we go back to that, right? It's, it's like, oh, you should go. Or or then it goes back to like even worse where it's like, you're, remember when our parents just compared us 
to your cousin, to your oh, to, my God, yes. to the neighbor's kids. Like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Daryl is like uh, a successful uh, accountant. You, you should do the same. And then they're, they're gossiping on the phone with the other moms. Oh, well, you hear you, it. And you hear it. You're like, oh, man, I'm just playing like Legos and video games. I'm not doing that, you know. So yeah. I, I just want them to like like find their own voice and do that more more than anything like i yeah i'll i think i'll push her more towards creative arts because that's where i lean more more into because you know if i was a doctor or a lawyer maybe i'll like, I'll have that different like uh, approach but mm. all, all i know is, is just creative arts and that stuff so i'll i'll, I'll for sure push her more towards that because that's what i love so yeah same here like i never push my kids I lo- like i mean i love basketball but i never yeah. push them to play basketball like yeah, and I tell them like you need to fall in love with the game the way I fell in love with the game in yeah. your own way. Exactly. So because I don't want them like playing it and then hating it. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, you want them to to do it because that's what they want to do. If, if they don't want to do it, that's fine. Or if they just want to do it as a hobby, that's fine too. You know. Yeah, exactly. But, Other than the obvious, what's the hardest part of being a single dad? Uh, I think the hardest part is uh, that's a good one. I think it's well, the, the the like the girl stuff. Like, I'm, I, you know, I let her mom do that. Like, when that happens, like, so <laughs> that that is aware. I don't know. The, the hardest part, I think, I worry a lot as a parent. Like, I think, like any parent, like I have like worries about like how is she gonna do well in school, how she interacts. Like, I think because knowing me, like how I used to interact as a kid, I know I do it a certain way, hmm. and then. Her, so she's a girl. She's a bit more, more quiet. More, but I, that, that's my like the hardest part is trying to teach her like the right way. I do like sometimes, but like yo, look if a if somebody is is an asshole, is a bully, you tell them like like, or you just you just tell your teacher kind of thing. Like you just have to talk it out and communicate. Just don't you know, don't do something stupid kind of thing. I think mm. the hard part is is knowing me. It's like it's like if somebody was during my time it was like if somebody was an asshole. I, I'll punch you. Yep. <laughs> or, 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 or I'll make sure that, yeah, that yo, you know what's going to happen? I'm just going to punch you. And, and then <laughs> if, even if I lose, you, you'll know that I don't mess around. But I don't like for my kids, it's like, it's, I can't be like, yo, go beat up these other kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that. I tell my kids, do not hit first. Yeah. But when you hit, make it count. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know? or sometimes I, I tell them like, look, like sometimes you could just, communicate and that's fine and you know sometimes aside of me I, I just go like you know if that kid's like if that kid's an idiot because yeah. of you then i'm like it's probably their parents you know they're idiots too they're most likely the parents yeah, most exactly. likely. which so is the like whole, yeah which is the hardest part is like you know you're trying to be nice raise these kids and then you, yeah. you meet this kid and i'm like bro just be a nice parent to this kid so they'll he'll be good too yeah i remember i told her once that and she was like oh my god you just roasted his mom or something. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm like, yeah, I guess so. He was like weird, weird, weird slang, these kids. Oh, yeah, dude. I was just talking to a friend today saying, I think I said most deaf, you know, like yeah. most definitely. Yeah. He's like, You're, like, that's a cool dad's word. I'm like, not really. That's an old one, you know? That's an OG one, yeah. Yeah, but no. I, I don't know. I guess she doesn't know that. But, but I do try to know the slangs. So when I talk to them, I can communicate better. Yeah, I try I try to. I think there is still like some of the slang is just I'm like, what well, is this is dumb. Or is this me being old? 
But uh, I think we're just being old. Yeah, we're just being old. But no, but I think it's like yeah. The, I think the hardest part is trying to navigate with a with a, a daughter in today's society, just trying to like you know yeah. understand all the nuances and everything. I think just navigate and just teaching them the right things. I think just finding the right things to say because you know sometimes. I find the way I raise my kid is not the same way as any other parents. Like, I find my wife is very like freestyle, like wing it, and then you know she'll learn. Some people are very like you got to do this. It's strict. It's like yeah. oh, okay, this this. Time. I'm more like I'll vibe if my daughter is not feeling well to do something or doesn't want to do it. I'm not gonna be like oh this is we have to do this. It's like this is a must, you know. Yeah. Same so yeah. I feel like like just navigating and then you know and then not getting other parents to like judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, want to be like that. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. You mentioned earlier your podcast, Weird Feelings Podcast. I, I have to give you props because, you know, all the podcasts out there, they're all either sitting down or on a desk, but this one is different. You yes. guys lie down. Yeah, we lie down. That's the concept. It's like we're on the floor. I love it. Who thought of it? I thought of it. I was like, oh, I was with my buddy. I was like, we should do a podcast. I'm like, you know, I've been thinking of doing a podcast where we're just laying down on, on the floor and on a nice carpet. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he came up and was like, oh, let's try to do this, this, and this. And then it just became, it's just, it's just an idea that we wanted. It's like, it just looks different. Nobody has done it. Uh, yeah. That's what's fun about it. It's just finding these fresh ideas and riffing with my, with my buddy, Tim. And then mm-hmm. we just do it now. And, you know, even, even the name, where at first we weren't sure, like, what do we want to talk about? Like, what is this? Like comedy? And it's like, no, let's just talk about normal things in life. Things that we're not comfortable talking, that we're ready to talk on camera about. You know, that's why it's weird feelings. Like, yeah, you have weird feelings about certain subjects that you don't really know about, but you discuss it. And that's how it came to life, you know. Hmm. You know, that weird feeling in your gut that you just like, you should say something, that, but you're not sure if it's right. We just say it and then we, we let people correct this or learn from it, you know. Hmm. Do you guys edit it after? Yeah, we so it took us a, a while to like because we don't do it live. It mm. took us a while to find like the good uh, setup and the good uh, concept for uh, the production side. And and now it's like yeah, we record. It's usually an hour, and then we edit after. You know, so now we have like uh, at first we started like during the we started like I think during the pandemic, and the hard part was you know being able to shoot and I guess the. Uh, being consistent, it took us a while, and then now, now starting now, that's where we're starting to be consistent. We're dropping every two weeks new new content, and not every week. We do every two weeks because because we do put a lot of effort in uh, the presentation, mm-hmm. the edit, and stuff like that too. So we do put a little bit of uh, editing effort in a lot of it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the colors that you guys use. Has it ever happened that you said something while during the conversation and you said, you know what, you should take that up? Yeah, yeah I think it happens a lot. We we do try to be aware of that. Uh, we, we, yeah, I think it's just sometimes we're, we're at the end, we're like, should we leave that on? And then we do prep ourselves before where we go like, hey, mm. we're talking about these subjects. And if we say it, we have to own it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes I'm like, okay, and, but we do. I think during the the talks because we edit, we have time to edit, so we do say like in the in while having conversation, we're like just edit that out, and then that's it. We will like we self edit while we have conversations. Oh yeah, I, that that happens too during the podcast too. It rarely happens when I record, but there are times that sometimes the guests say something, I'm like, 
yo, this gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would yeah, not stop the guest talking, obviously, but I will, uh, but in my head, I'll take it out. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's just more of a, we're, we we are aware of things that, you know, we do joke around a lot. So we try to get around with like it being just a bit sometimes, like we do have jokes, mm-hmm. but we do leave it as is sometimes because, uh, I don't know. We live with it. <laughs> that's why it's a weird feeling because we want people to correct us or that's why we ask in the comments if we're not right about a certain subject. We're not experts. We're we're two guys that are idiots and we're just talking about things that we're either we know about or we don't know about. But yeah, when it comes to like if it's like if we go too wild, like I don't know if we had too much coffee or Red Bull, hmm. we'll, we'll edit that out. But uh, it, it doesn't happen that much. It's just sometimes the, the things that we edit out is the thing that we talk about it. It's so boring. Mm. And we're just we're just like you know what this is what we just talked about has no meaning in this podcast just, <laughs> no just cut it out and then we just make it tighter and shorter too mm-hmm. so yeah. for the editing part the things that you edit is it because being the mindset is it being influenced by cancel culture or is just do you think it's too negative. Uh, I think it's just more like yeah I guess so some of it's either like it's either too negative or or cancel culture or maybe we don't, we're not sure we're like is this are we saying it the right thing or it's just the bad word we just said and we use sometimes mm. we'll just bleep it and people will use their imagination what we say mm. but we're also like I said we're also aware of what we're saying we're not a lot of it is a, it, it, it's it, we joke around a lot about it but yeah some when it's stuff that's like yeah we can't say that this is it's like people are not going to be happy with this type of comment or stuff like that. So we just cut it out that nobody knows. We just do some editing magic and, mm. or maybe we'll start a Patreon and we'll just have everything <laughs> loose. Yeah. So, That's a good idea. Yeah. But no, yeah. I think, I think we're both aware of, of the subjects we do talk about, but you know, sometimes we do say like the wrong word. That's not that we can't use anymore in these days, or it's just more me. Sometimes mm. there's some words I, I still use it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh shit. And he's like, yo, it's using my Tim's like, yo, you can't say that. And I'm like, why? It's, it's 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 there. It's like I could use it. I try to play around it, but then it's like, yeah, it doesn't work out. So. That's your ghetto side. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. He can't uh, can't get the ghetto out of me. <laughs> yeah, but but if you edit yourself, is that being you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it is being me, but more aware mm. of uh, of. I think the thing that I grew uh, like like I as a person that grew is like being uh, aware of people's uh, sensitivities, mm. which is something that took a while for me to understand. Cause sometimes I would just go in a room and just say, say wild things like, ah, and then people are like, yo, what's going on here? <laughs> so I, I'm more aware of like how people are perceiving things or how people like, you know, like, like it might be funny to me cause that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But it's not funny to other people or it's not right for other people. So I'm aware of like uh, being sensitive uh, on certain subjects also be uh was the word uh empath is that empathetic word yeah empathetic. Yeah, yeah empathetic there's some yeah. words even that even on the podcast tim corrects me on words like yo do you know what that means i'm like i think it means this, <laughs> it means and, this. He's, and he's like no that's not what it means like oh crap that then then he goes and, and teaches me but then i tell him like oh you're just you're just be a colonial, just trying to show us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you white boy. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's how our chemistry is uh, as me and him because mm-hmm. we have two different upbringings, but that's how it works. We're two different environments, two different culture. But that's why 
the podcast, we're feeling worse because he knows certain things. I have a certain view of things, two different backgrounds. And, you know, it's just we, we learn from each other, which is great. I love it. And I'm excited that you're going to put out more because it's once a month. I, fi- I see him like, yo, come on, let's let's get it on. It's hard. It's hard to the editing. That's what, you know, like audio is easy. But like, you know, like mm-hmm. like us, it's mainly it's more like you have to watch it. Like I don't know if you saw the last one, which is all AI. Yeah, I love that you one know? too. Yeah. <laughs> you did so, the popsicle. Yeah, yeah. So it was just us doing some. Just we have different subjects every week, so it's mm. always like uh, touchy subjects or subjects that you know, like I said earlier, like just random subjects that we want to discuss. Mm. And we're gonna have we're gonna start having guests oh, on sweet. too. So so you should come on. So oh, it yeah, will be could, such an honor, man. I yeah. would love that. Let me know. You could come and lie down with us in between us. Yeah, I love it. it's like. You just lie down and you just like. Rrr. Yeah, it's it's weird because you you're not looking at we're not looking at each other, but that's mm. the weird part because we're like looking at the ceiling. But I don't know. We managed to make it work. So you guys have great chemistry. That's what it is. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Good to know. So you hear <laughs> that? You hear that, Tim? Good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You sent. You kind of alluded to this earlier about just exploding. I read that you have you had some anger issues. How are we doing with that? We're, I think we're good. We're good. The gym, the gym works out. My the anger leaves. Works. My anger leaves at like nine. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think growing up was more like built up. Just uh, not. I think it's a lot of kids too. That's just more like don't know how to control their emotions. Mm. I think as a growing up, I was like I was. I was more of a quiet kid, and I would let things build. If you're like, if I was either getting, if I was getting bullied, or if somebody was picking on me, I would be like, all right, okay, this is. One time is fine. Two times, okay. Then it just keeps adding up. And at one time, like, I'll be like the hall, like I'm like fuck you, <laughs> and just lose, <laughs> and just and then lose it. And I think in my head, as I was like, oh, they know that Johnny has like a, a threshold, like a, a ceiling. So mm. don't get to that. But I think I've been able to work with my anger management either with like you know for me work, working out just sets my day and I feel good. I, mm. Before we're like. Uh, I would smoke weed. That would help too, just mm-hmm. to calm down. But, but not really. I think it went away as, I think I got, it was me being impatient, I guess, mm. a bit. And since I got my daughter, I've been able to like, you know, be able to take things in, take things in more and then just take time and not let things build up. You know, this is fine. It happens. And I had a lot of anxiety before, like maybe like a year ago mm. or or two. And I worked on that more. Like now it's just more like, you know what? There's no stress, no uh, no reason to get angry at anything or be frustrated at stuff. It's just if it happens, it happens, and that's it. I, I changed the way I I think about things or I approach things more. I think that helped a lot of just rewiring my brain to like you know you can't be a loose cannon or just be like I like I do sometimes get emotional when it comes to like arts or certain ideas where I'm like yo we have to do this this is this is it or not but I kind of do like a step back a lot now like okay i'll sleep on it and then mm. you know and then you know that what what helps with that is talking with friends about it or being open to talk about these emotions or feelings and not have it like because a lot of it comes right from, from frustrations right these these uh these anger or explosiveness yeah. but, control yeah but I, I was more like i had more anger issues in high school it was just more like ah i just didn't know how to control my feelings that's it so the podcast yeah. helps too. The podcast just talking about these anything it just mm-hmm. helps, but I think it's more of a 
a rewiring of the brain. And and also I, I, I keep my friends keep like, yo, you always say like the gym helps. You always say that, but it doesn't help for everyone. Like, yeah, I know, but it helps for me. And it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what helps me. So, but people that say, look, it doesn't help because you don't do it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to mm-hmm. each his own too. You know, to my side, that's more like uh, empathetic and like aware of people say like, yeah, you know, you can do other things. But I think for me, just it just sets the, the day. Like, I think after a good, like I work out now, I, I started doing like consistent since last year I did Sober October. Mm. And then since then, you know, I haven't uh, smoked any weed and I do drink barely. I don't drink beer, but I, I drink sometimes cocktails, but very rarely. But every day at like 536, I have to be up and, and then out by in like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm at the gym every morning. Congratulations, man. You're yeah. a beast. I try. My my yeah. goal is to be uh, super jacked. <laughs> but <laughs> How no, are we doing uh, with that? We're getting close. It's hard. The diet. It's all diet. It's all. Dude, I love. I love telling like, me. It's, it's all diet. So uh, now I'm I'm back to like low carb a bit, uh, eating just protein and veggies, which is fine. But it's hard. Do you Especially listen to my, music or working out? Yeah, I listen to the same thing. I listen. I have a playlist that I listen to. It's either sometimes metal, a lot of rap. Hmm. Uh, I've been allotted to Japanese pop recently, which is interesting. Japanese so, Japanese pop music, yeah, yeah, like J-pop. It's just Japanese girls. Like those things. I I thought I didn't like it, but I, then I discovered this band with my daughter that she loves, <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, this is really good. It's like it's it's like anime music. So oh, okay, so you're like at the gym, you're like oh yeah, I'm an anime character now. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't listen to music. I like I try, but I. Like, I tend to not really. To. Yeah, I, I I do. I listen to podcasts. I have I I find that so hard for me to concentrate because I'm like, oh, I want to I want to hear what they're saying, but I'm trying to lift weights. <laughs> That's the thing. That's my for me that works for me because I don't I wasn't re- I'm really not listening to them. I'm just okay. listening like people talking. Uh, okay, but, I, yeah. I, you know what I did once that was crazy. It was uh, you know that guy David Goggins. Yeah, well, he's okay. too intense. I love him, but it's too intense. Yeah, he's, he's too intense. But I did do one thing that he did once, mm. and it was listen to Going the Distance, you know, that Rocky song? Yeah, yeah. I, I've done that one day or a few like a few weeks where I just listened to that one song on repeat. And it oh. works. It worked. Well, it might be crazy, but I did it. And it, it, it something it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a Rocky movie. So I just I listened on repeat. I can't wait to see my Spotify yearly rap at the end <laughs> to see what's like the number one song. With the, it's probably that. Yeah, it's probably that. But yeah, but sometimes I try to do like uh, intense things that I'm like, all right, this is insane, but I'll try it. Then mm-hmm. I'll just forget about it. I, I do that too. I do like, I do uh, like I go biking like last sun yesterday. I went biking yeah. for 100, 110 kilometers. Yeah. And I obviously I don't listen to music, but I do like, I, I try to like, like think of Goggins, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like who's gonna carry the boats and the <laughs> yeah. logs? <laughs> oh, I did do like you know, like uh, there's like a playlist on Spotify, all motivational speeches. Mm. And I think one month I did that. I was just listening to that every morning. I would wake up, and it was like a motivational speech. And then I was like, all right, I could do it. And then I would, I would go and, and would sit. And then it I stopped. Makes me after, cringe. Like, it does. It is cringe because every time I tell my friend, like, yo, that's kind of. It's kind of whack. I'm like, <laughs> like I, I'm like, yeah, it is, but in a cheesy way, it's kind of it kind of works. And, yeah, uh, uh, you know, 
To each his own, man. Exactly. You know, hundred percent with you. To each its own. Like whatever turn, whatever motivates you, whatever makes you get up and do the things that that is hard that you enjoy or you don't enjoy, but you like, you have to do it anyway. Yeah. Hey, do it, man. Me, me. The main thing about it now to to keep doing it is because a lot of people in my gym are retired, Mm. and I see them uh, work out and put in the work, and I'm like, yo, they're like in their seventies, eighties. Wow. And they're in good shape. And they're like, yo, young boy, uh, you got to, you see, because it's like, it's like working out and being fit or just putting in the work. It's, it's like insurance for your future. Mm. Yeah, so it's okay. like, if I do it now, I'll, I'll be, I'll look like these old guys and they're in good shape and, and they're nice. And then, you know, everybody at my gym, I know everybody at my gym now in mm. the morning. It's like this, it's all retired people. And it kind of humbles you like, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're keeping it active and, you know, they're keeping a positive mind, even though they, they're a bit older, but you know they're like, yo, just just keep keep working out. And yeah. That's it. If you enjoy it anyway, like I do the same thing every morning, five thirty in the morning, time to go. I don't go to the gym. I do it in my basement. That's good, as long as you're active and it's yeah. uh, it's more of a. It just needs to become like uh, like a, any daily task. It's like mm. this is a thing I do. I, that's how I, that's how I see it. It's not like oh, I need to get ready for the summer for our summer body, and then after I'll just go start. Losing, uh, gaining all the weight back. It's mm-hmm. more like let's just stay active, and it makes. I know it makes me feel good in my head. Mentally, it's great, and then it makes me feel physically too. So that's a plus. Mm-hmm. So, so, it's a it's win win. So yeah, same here, same here. I want to talk about your hat, Mekong Nightclub. Oh yes, I Sick. love it. Thanks. Uh, well, you know, I have a I have a brand called Un- Uneducated Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a brand I started like back in. 2016 that i did like a few like i did like two collections i think back then mm-hmm. uh and the, the whole meaning around it is uh i don't know if you read about it. it's like it's more about how so during the the, the war or the, the the concentration camps the the genocide and all that where mm-hmm. during the Pol Pot era, era like like people had to pretend to not be educated to survive because you know intellectuals creatives mm-hmm. people military teachers and all that they would get killed if they knew that you were educated and all that so mm-hmm. and it's also a story how my dad had to pretend the whole time to not get killed so i was like that's why i was like uneducated kids because these are all the people that survive are technically uneducated and that's that's how the name came about so i love it so clever yeah. What do you wish to accomplish with it? It was, me it was more of a of a when I started it was more to like understand more of my country's past and like the the culture was mm-hmm. more like the to, to you know to be able to research and then putting it and having like a I use like like t-shirts and clothing as like my canvas kind of to, to express some of these uh, creative ideas on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just more for me personally because I don't do I don't do it like a collection where it's like every season there's something. There's always I just do it when I feel like it. Hmm. Uh, but it was also it was just more to to learn about and just doing the research and having a a process where like okay this T-shirt is about uh, a certain subject or a certain era or a certain part of the culture and then and, and putting that on a T-shirt like for example the Mekong nightclub was I don't know if you saw that 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 the, the documentary about the the rock and roll I saw the like, trailer. Yeah, so you should see the whole thing. It's really interesting because hmm. it's it's about how like Cambodia had a whole golden era of music with rock and roll, with the GIs coming in dropping records, and we would do our own version of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And in one segment, 
uh, they talked about the one of our main singers. She's like uh, the golden voice of Cambodia, like Rasare Satya. She was like uh, technically like our Celine Dion hmm. back then. And she, when she started, she would play clubs. And one of the clubs that she that was mentioned in the document was called the Mekong Nightclub. And that's why I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like like the Mekong Nightclub. Uh, it, it gave me more of a, not a dream, but I was thinking more about, like, oh, maybe this was a place that used to be like a, a hub for creatives that we would go and hang out, have a drink, listen to some music and dance mm-hmm. and all that. And, you know, cause it, cause now it, all of that doesn't exist. It, it's just a memory. So it was more like a, an homage to that era and also an homage to the singer mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, so that's why I made that hat. And it's also another way it's like the, the Mekong kind of connects all of us Southeast Asians, right. Through the Mekong Delta mm-hmm. river. Mm-hmm. So it's like also like a, a way for like, you know, connecting all Southeast Asians. It was like a, I always, I always try to do like, in my head, it's always a double meaning. But mm. then I explain it to people like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But, it, you know, I don't know what's, what was your what's your thought of it. Because I always try to put one main meaning and then one meaning that's more like, oh, this is another meaning into like things. Oh, I, I love design. that. I, lo- I love when there's a double entendre. <clears throat> yeah. I always love that. I always like, like, like going back to your, uh, your Instagram handle, like there's always that. I think that's an Asian thing because Filipinos love that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we we love like um, puns. Okay. Puns and double entendres. Like there's always when they're talking, you have to understand what they're saying and whatever the sub meaning of what they're saying. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I try to do that. So with the hat. So now what I'm doing is like I'm I'm doing instead of doing collections, I do like one piece a drop, and then it's mm-hmm. always more like a thought out piece. It's like oh, this is. This hat is about this, and then maybe I'll do a T-shirt that's about something else. But and I'll do always limited runs, you know. Mm. Yeah. I love the one that uh, oh, I'm gonna forget the from the mud we bloom. Oh yeah, from the mud we still bloom. Yes. Yeah, it's just the Deep, the lotus the, the lotus flower. You know, it's like it's like a beautiful thing, and you know it grows from the mud. And like our people, like we went through hell and we still made it out the other side. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's something I just came up. I was like, all right. That's, that makes like that. sense. Yeah. That's you. not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's my slogan in my head. I think that's the main slogan. I love it, man. Yeah. By the way, about the Mekong nightclubs and other things, obviously when the Khmer Rouge came, they annihilated the culture. How yeah. did this information survive? The videos, some books perhaps? Uh, well, this was... A, so there was a segment in that documentary that the sister of the singer of Hosrei Sotia she mentions like, oh yeah, my sister used to go to Phnom Penh and sing at bars, and then one place was the Mekong nightclub, mm-hmm. and then and then that stuck. I was like, okay, if that's her saying that, you know, maybe it existed, maybe it didn't, but like, I was more of like, uh, my uh, interpretation of like this is the Mekong nightclub was a thing in mm-hmm. my mind. It existed. It was it was like a, a place where our main singer like our most popular singer was there she went she's that's where she started at these bars mm-hmm. and it was and then that stuck and i just kept it kept rolling oh, with it. okay yeah, yeah but i've so i've saw videos of cambodian singing yeah where did they did they hide that, those videos i'm not sure see that's a good so, so there's a lot of content like, like well them singing some of them is either like in movies or uh or old, really old footage of, mm-hmm. of stuff. So, so a lot of it is like just old movies, I think. Yeah, but or, again, Khmer Rouge tried to burn everything. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- there's not a lot. Like it's either karaoke stuff. We have a lot of karaoke videos, 
Mm-hmm. But the thing that was before the war, there's not there's not a lot of uh, yeah, there's not a lot. I think I haven't I haven't been able like I find little like you see like my, like what I do is like I dig a lot of the internet like that's what I have access to, mm-hmm. and you know I can't just go fly to Cambodia and just find things. But there's a <laughs> lot of things that that are on lives in the internet from other people that are refugees from the oh. Cambodian diaspora that 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 put it out on YouTube or like random like forums or random. Like I found once, I found like a, an archive of old educational books that are Cambodian books that has like cool covers. I wow. found like a, a bunch of, somebody just scanned them. So I have like a bunch of that, like scan PDF from a forum or like a, a random website that I just scour. Hmm. You know, and then I just save, I just keep like an archive of the stuff for ideas and like uh, just for future stuff that That's I want to do. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you always in touch with your roots? No, I think growing up, I was more of like, uh, I was growing up, you know, in Canada. I think I was in touch as far as like culturally with food. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more more growing up where I was like, yo, I'm, I'm Cambodian and why don't I have Cambodian friends? I know like, I ha- like there's a few that are from like my parents, like, you know, like not relatives, but like friends that I, I know, but I don't really hang out with them. Is there people like me, like artists or creatives? Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I found more, there's like so many cooler Cambodians that are just doing really cool stuff and and now it's more where like you know I I like I, I think I discovered so uh, what's his name Soke so uh Yoon boy Soke Yoon yeah so That's I talked to him boy, I love so, him. So, so I talked to him now and then you know he's doing really cool stuff you know out of Atlanta insane a di- yeah a different vibe you know like more ATL like like Cambodian and kind of rap mm-hmm. which is super cool and then in Montreal there's like a bunch here that there's like May Lee uh, illustration artist this Tyler Campo also an illustration artist my the guy that does all my 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 t-shirt print like Ellie he mm. runs like a, a screen print shop he's Cambodian uh there's also you know Street Monkeys with Tota that does that do that would be Verdun so now I'm discovering a lot more dude I discovered like there's a a Cambodian skater that's here that's really good his name is Kun it's, I think it goes under Donkey Kun on on hmm. on uh, on Instagram dude there's so many talented people that I've just recently discovered. I was like, wow, there is people out there. And then, you know, there's Kamara Renaissance out of LA community, mm. you know, with the G-Funk. So there's a lot of things. So with the the internet and social media, it's been able, it's been a lot easier to connect with people from the, the diaspora of Cambodia, like across the world too. So Yeah, exactly. I have another boy, Adru Art on Instagram. You should check him out. He makes uh, uh, drawings of like Cambodian art. Okay, it's sick. But I think he, I've but, seen it. I think he was on your podcast, right? Recently? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I think I checked awesome. it out. Yeah, it's very cool. Shout out to him. He's he's awesome too. Yeah, there's a lot of us, and and, and I feel more and more when I see them. It's like, yo, what, is, was Cambodians like just a creative cult, like a uh, people, like you know, because you know, I, I'm from a generation where I was born here. You know, Cambodia. I, you know, my home is Canada hmm. and Quebec. I, like like Cambodia is where my family is from, but like you know, I I feel like our people was more of like. A, intellectuals and like a lot of creatives because all the ones that I discovered they're all creatives and they all do stuff that's mm-hmm. creative and you know they're not lawyers or engineers there is some there's the engineers and lawyers like but a lot of them were you know they're, they're into the arts and the yeah. music and stuff like that have you been back to visit I've never been Ooh. never I want to go I think my dad hasn't been back either since the war oh, and, he, and, and he wants to go now so I probably oh, will good. go with him at oh, some yeah. point you gotta yeah. make a video 
Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, if I go, it has to be like a month, and I feel like it's gonna be heavy for me. I, I can oh, yeah. already imagine it as you know, like the weird thing is is because uh, can we? Like I said earlier, like like my home to me is Montreal, Canada, mm-hmm. and then going there, I'm I'm still an outsider, right? I'm not mm-hmm. like as long like my family is from there, we were born there, but you know the. You know, my my uh, not my relationship, but my experience with Cambodia will be as a tourist kind of almost mm. like discovery. So it's like a different. I promise you, when the ancestor speaks to your soul, you'll be like, "Oh, this is my home." Yeah, but it's yeah. hard. It's it's kind of because you know, like how like like you're born in the Philippines, right? Yes, sir. And and you know, you could be like, "Oh, I remember the streets of this and this, and the mm. smell." Of, I can't do that. My my me, what what I remember is what's in your background, like the projects uh, <laughs> downtown Montreal. That's that's what makes me like a Cambodian Canadian, and mm. and that's why I try to do with uneducated kids too. Where it's like I try to represent my perspective as a, a son, a kid from immigrants that pushes my culture, but through a different eye. Like, yes, I'll take elements of my culture a lot of it but mm-hmm. also push like wherever i'm like like from montreal i push that culture too so there's a lot of, of that too so mm-hmm. why is it important to you to share these stories i think it's if we don't do it because uh because how i see it is like cambodia has okay we have our our dark past we have our history and then the people that are there are the the renaissance of cambodian culture is done over there and I feel like as uh, not an outsider, but like as the diaspora and people from Cambodians from different parts of Canada, of the U.S., we, we have to showcase like uh, our culture, but from, oh, like I guess, like a Western side of things where it's like mm. this is Cambodians doing things in Canada or in the U.S. or in Long Beach, you know, wherever we're from. I think it's, it's important to, to maintain that. Uh, the culture by telling the stories of our parents, uh, what they went through, but also sharing the stories of us, you know. And as you can see, there's like a uh, a rebirth within our people where we're, we're doing a lot of things that's super cool. And I think it's important that our identity is being shown and, and presented to the world. It's, it's not just like, because people fall back like, oh, Cambodia is like, oh, it's the genocide, it's Pol Pot, it's the Khmer Rouge, but yo, it's not just war. It's it's the food, it's the arts, it's mm-hmm. the people, it's our parents, you know, hustling, it's the music, it's all of that. That's what Cambodia is, you know, like, like yeah, we some shitty things happen, but we can't just be stuck on it. And that's why I, I changed the way I, I, I designed my things. Because at one point, everything was so dark. It was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. always, always about the war. I was like, I can't. I need to shed light on the more positive things. On Look, it's the music. We had a golden era of music in Cambodia. Let's educate ourselves with that. I, I don't know much about it as much as the other Cambodian kids or the ones that are growing up like I don't know, the next generation. So mm-hmm. let's put some light on it and then push it like that and showcase to the other generations that, look, we're pushing the boundaries and we're pushing the culture forward. And you have to do that too, you know, wherever you're at you, or whatever age you are, you know, they have somebody to look up to. Like they can't say like, oh, I'm going to look up to, to, they can say like, yeah, I'll look up to people from Cambodia, but the, the the ones that are born in Canada or in the U.S., they have to look up to like us or the guys like Khmer Renaissance or community. They're doing really positive things for their community in, in their area. And I have to do the same for people in the French-speaking Cambodians in Canada and, and all that. So, Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. 
when you create, do you, do you, how can you make sure that you don't glorify the horror and the traumatic experiences? Yeah, I think the way I do it is by, I try to be, I, I, yeah, I, I've thought about it too, like how the sensitive part of me of like being empathetic of, of you know, even people like my parents or their friends or people that went through it. Because I, I didn't, I didn't go through it. My parents went and I have to, I think I bear that with me every day. It was like, look, Johnny, you didn't go through the war, but my parents went through it. Other parents went and I can't just use that as like a, a way to show like my experience. Cause that's not my experience. My experience is just more of like, uh, just being th the son of, of, of immigrants and refugees and, and know that my parents by them telling me. So I try to not to, I'm not going to go into like really like dark stuff. That's like, to glorify but sometimes i do because i think there's a side of me or a side of some of that needs to know and understand that part that we we're trying to tell the story of and then it's up to them to correct us or tell us you know because we're i'm using more of a of a, a way to express what i'm feeling from my parents or from my cousins and my family that went through that my brother so it's just my interpretation of of their experiences that I'm trying to push. And everybody has different experiences. So it's just more of that. I think it's more being aware of that. I don't know if that answers your question. I'm not sure if I was. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I think we're there, buddy. I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Before we close out, do you have any last remarks? Uh, no. Uh, thanks for having me over. I think it was really really fun i really like talking <laughs> and also yeah make sure you check out weird feelings uh my podcast uh check out lopez where i do work with those guys and also mm -hmm. stay tuned in the future I'll, I'll be working on my own podcast in the future there's more more serious less less jokey but i, I always want to have like some conversations too and then also you got to come to the weird feelings podcast oh, and and, and lay down and we'll talk about filipino food and different uh different stuff about the Filipinos. Yeah, man, for sure. That would be an amazing opportunity. Thank you so much. Again, my man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Thank All you. Love. Thanks. Bye. Later. Thank you again, Johnny, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.